You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Richard Kuntz, and I'm along here with... Cindy Jennings. And we are coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth on the shores of beautiful Lake Superior. We've had a great show so far, and it's going to continue with our new guest, Ryan Hamilton. Ryan is uh, uh, from the Minnesota Catholic Conference. And uh, Ryan, welcome to Real Presence Live. Good morning, good morning. How are it's you? Very good. It's, it's good to have you. Ryan, why don't you um, just start off and uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, you know, I'm uh, Ryan Hamilton. I'm the, what's called the Government Relations Associate with the Minnesota Catholic Conference. Uh, I live in Minneapolis with my wife and two kids. Uh, we were actually just up in Duluth just to see the fall colors. Really? Um, yeah. When, when was that? What's that? Was that this weekend? Yeah, this weekend we took a little day trip up to Duluth. Uh, I, we heard that the colors, the leaves and such, were at peak, so we drove up to show the kids the leaves and whatnot. Great. Uh, yeah, we live in Minneapolis, and we attend Our Lady of Lourdes uh, Parish in northeast Minneapolis. Great. And so how long have you, how long have you been with uh, the uh, MCC? Yeah, I'm, re- I'm a newbie, relative. Uh, I started with MCC uh, in December uh, of 2020, so just before the 2021 legislative session began. So as government relations, tell us a little bit about what your job really entails. Sure. Well, the Minnesota Catholic Conference, we're the public policy voice of the Catholic Church in Minnesota. So I'm one of uh, a small but mighty staff of six, and uh, I help support the ministry of our our state's bishops by uh, working with our elected officials at the legislature, so our state senators and state representatives um, also try to help the, engage the public as a whole about the moral framework that should be applied to the public policy decisions that are being made at the Capitol. Uh, and finally, uh, whenever possible, I try to motiv- mobilize and motivate the Catholic community uh, to make its voice, make our voices heard in the public arena. So um, what's your, maybe, Ryan, speak a little bit to your background. Were you, were you like, drawn to politics, government? Were you drawn to, to church? Yeah, I mean, what, so, what, what brings uh, you here to the spot? Yeah, so I do have a, a law degree. Um, I grew up on the East Coast, and I attended Tulane University Law School down in New Orleans. And, and my first job out of law school was actually in Washington, D.C., working for my uh, hometown congressman from upstate South Carolina. Um, and while I was in D.C., I, I met some folks who were part of the Minnesota delegation. And uh, I'm a big sports fan and uh, fashioned myself as a sportsman and uh was always fascinated by Minnesota sports. So I would come out here to visit and uh, came out to visit and fell in love with the place. It was during fall around this type of year, this time of year, again, with the bonfires and the leaves. And I made the jump and then began working uh, at the legislature here in Minnesota. And that led to a role with the Minnesota Realtors, where I was a lobbyist for about eight years. So just a, uh, just a question, just out of curiosity, what years were you on the Hill in, in D.C.? Oh, that was mid two thousands. Okay, because I was also out there. I worked for um, uh, I was a staffer for a U.S. senator, so uh, I've got a little bit of a shared uh, interest and background like you do. So, I mean, it was a it was a big draw for me as well. So that's why you got kind of like the best of both worlds, where you get to work in the political realm and the church realm. Maybe you can speak a little bit to that. Correct. Well, um, yeah, I'm a I'm a cradle Catholic, and um, it's just. 
um, you know, just to, to bring the faith to the public square is much needed in these times. Now, you know, one of the um, uh, one of the things, Ryan, that that we see as a church, and you'll hear pollsters talk about this on a regular basis, that that we don't really Catholics don't really vote as a voting block. In fact, not even close. And so, when you're when you're talking about you know bringing the Catholic voice to the state government, are we are we talking? I mean, what do you mean by the the Catholic voice exactly? Are we talking about like magisterial teachings, or or I know yeah. that it's a very close connection with the bishops and the state, of course. Yeah, so I'm, I'm reminded of Matthew's Gospel and the Sermon of the Hill, uh, when, our, when our Lord Christ says, uh, You are the light of the world, a city set on the hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. They put it on the lampstand, uh, and it gives light to all uh, who are in the house. So, um, you know, it's, I heard a couple weeks ago in Mass, Catholicism is not a destination. It's not something we go to on Sundays. It's a way of life. And so as Catholics, we are a part of a community with a rich heritage um, that helps us consider the challenges in public life and contribute to uh, greater justice and peace for all people. So, you know, we literally have a compendium (laughs) of social doctrine, uh, a resource that we can share. So my point is that we not, we, not only do we have something to offer, but I think we have a moral responsibility uh, to ground ourselves in those church, church teachings uh, and embrace the lifelong task of forming our consciences, and uh, we have a duty to speak up, to show up, and be in relationship with our elected officials. Um, can you kind of go into some of the issues affecting Minnesota citizens? Of course. So um, we had the state fair uh, poll recently uh, out at the state fair, and there were 12 questions on that poll. Uh, and of those 12, it just so happens that uh, the Catholic Conference were actively involved in four, um, oh. including, uh, yeah, promoting school choice, uh, opposing the legalization of recreational marijuana, opposing uh, opposition to sports gambling, and ensuring that all people living and working in Minnesota, regardless of their immigration status, are required to re- learn the rules of the road and become licensed while driving, so providing a driving credential for our undocumented brothers and sisters. So how did, maybe Ryan, back up a little bit, how did this poll work in the state fair? How did, I mean, maybe tell us the, you know, the mechanics of what happened. Yeah, so it's an annual poll at the state fair, and it's conducted by what's called the, uh, the nonpartisan House Public Information Services Office. So that's like the, the kind of the journalism uh, wing of the legislature. Um, and the poll is an informal, unscientific survey uh, of the issues discussed uh, in the prior legislative session or that may be discussed in uh, the future session. So uh, if you're familiar with the state fair, it's in the education building. Um, and over the course of the fair, members of the Minnesota House, um, they volunteer to cover shifts two by two over the course of each day during the, uh, during the fair. And Members of the public can come in and take the poll. It actually looks like the the ballots that you receive when you vote on election day, uh, with the various questions. And at the end of the fair, the results are combined and published. So when you do when you when you do these polls, like you said, it's unscientific. But yeah. when you do these polls, and it's the MCC, uh, do you ask people if they're Catholic to take the polls? Is a no, poll among no, Catholics? Not, no, no, no. It's not our poll. It's a poll that uh, uh, the, the Minnesota okay. legislature produces at the state fair. 
What I'm what I'm saying is it, it's uh, it just so happens that of the twelve questions that were on it, the Catholic Conference was involved in four of those issues, um, and that just gives us an, uh, a bit of affirmation that Minnesota Catholics are engaged on the proper issues as we exercise our witness uh, in the public square. Yeah, so, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, w- so, I wish I would have visited that building. I was there. How many yeah, people did you um, get to fill out the survey? Yeah, it looks like about five five thousand uh, folks participated. Wow. Um, and it, you know, it's like it's, it's informal, and but it does give a peek into the minds and feelings of fairgoers. Um, you know, anyone who's been to the state fair sees it's truly the, the great. It's truly the great Minnesota get get together in terms of. Uh, the geographic diversity, ethnic, socioeconomic diversity of the families that attend. So again, while it's not scientific, it does create an interesting data point and snapshot of how salt-of-the-earth Minnesotans feel about the major policy issues of the day. So how did you, I mean, I know we get some time here after the break even, but maybe speak a little bit here before we go on break, a little bit of the findings of especially the four questions that uh, uh, the Minnesota Catholic Conference had a role in. Yeah, so the, I mean, I think the most exciting one was the the question about promoting school choice, and so uh, you know, polls uh, are often dependent on the the language that are that's used, and they can be flawed. For instance, the the school choice question used the term uh, vouchers rather than education savings account, and there's actually no voucher bill in front of the legislature. Well, uh, but the results, the you know, regardless, the results are on our side, and the results made it clear that more people favor enabling parents to choose a school that best meets their child's needs than preserving the status quo. So um, more Minnesotans are in favor of the dollars following the families and the students rather than the systems. Why do you think, um, that, that, why do you think that is? Because that's, like, that's kind of a little bit of a change, isn't it? I mean, in the past it wasn't so much. Yeah, it could have been uh, recent events, uh, you know, with uh, the pandemic. Uh, but also, just in general, I think, you know, with the family being uh, the cornerstone of our of, of society, uh, families and parents know best, and they want that choice. And so if, if they're in a situation where uh, their school, their public school is failing their, failing their child, and someone presents them with an option to say, hey, here's a chance to find something better or different, um, you know, parents want that choice. Um, yeah. How about some of the other? We got about a minute before this, uh, our first break, but is there any of the other findings that you were surprised by? Well, yeah, I'll just stick to school choice a bit. You know, I, I've actually probably could have predicted that result because uh, through our Catholic information or Catholic advocacy network, we conducted our own um, uh, call to action on that issue. And we received uh, a tremendous response, you know, thousands of responses of folks reaching out to their legislature, legislators to uh, uh, express their, their desire and preference for, for school choice. Um, I'm totally for that, by the way, and I love it. Do you think there could ever be that option? Do you, well, do that's you the point. You know, yeah, uh, you, you can never say never uh, in policy making because ultimately we the people are the deciders so it's a matter of continuing to uh engage and be present um with the the, the decision makers uh beyond just voting you know every two or four years uh so you know as we um 
you know, if we continue to make our voices be heard and, and demand this of our of our elected officials, uh, it can happen. So uh, one way to do that is to uh, sign up for what's called our Catholic uh, Advocacy Network, CAN, uh, at mncatholic.org. And uh, if you go across the top of the banner on mncatholic.org, you'll see uh, an opportunity to join the Catholic Advocacy Network. And once you join CAN, you can receive uh, news and alerts like the uh, like the school choice alert that I mentioned. Uh, and we, we're able to help you connect either through email, phone, or you can even record a video to connect to your lawmakers. So that's the service we're providing to your listeners and to our Catholic brothers and sisters uh, through the CAN network. We help you connect with your legislators. We're talking to Ryan Hamilton from the Minnesota Catholic Conference. We'll continue this conversation after this brief break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. How do you know when someone may be contemplating suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. This person will often exhibit certain warning signs, indicators such as their talk, like killing themselves or having no purpose in life, their behavior, like drug abuse, withdrawal from others, or abnormal sleep patterns, or their mood, like being depressed or having anxiety, can all be warning signs. So mental health professionals are now encouraging you to engage in dialogue with those who appear to be at risk. By talking openly about suicide, asking if they are okay, and listening to their feelings, you may save their life. To find out more, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunz, along with Cindy Jennings as my co-host. We are coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, and we have been talking to Ryan Hamilton, who is the government relations at the Minnesota Conference Catholic Conference. So, 
Uh, Ryan, as we've been talking about the, uh, the state fair poll and just your work in general uh, in the uh, MCC in the state of Minnesota, maybe you can speak a little bit about what's coming up on the horizon. What, what are you looking at in the next session as the big issues that the Minnesota Catholic Conference is uh, engaged in and find to be of most interest? Sure. So right now we're in what's called the interim. Uh, we have a part-time legislature. And so most of those folks have careers or interests outside of being a state senator or a state rep. Um, and so it's mostly quiet at the legislature right now, although there are a few committees and task forces, such as the Frontline Worker Pay, uh, Affordable Housing Commission, and redistricting. Uh, but we believe advocacy never sleeps. So at the Catholic Conference, we've been using this uh, time over the summer and fall to connect with uh, legislatures that maybe we didn't get a chance to connect with during the session. Um, we're connecting with our partners from various coalitions that we work with, and we're exploring our policy priorities for 2022. And so as we look, uh, look forward to 2022, our themes, as always, are protecting the sanctity of life, combating the throwaway culture, and making sure that our public policy is creating an environment in which families can do what families do. And, um, and or at the very least, our public policy should hold our families harmless. So, you know, families are the first institution in society. They're the cornerstone from which all these other institutions have emerged. So if we want a healthy and stable society, we must have healthy and stable families. And so to get more in specifics of uh, the throwaway culture, there's an effort to legalize physician-assisted suicide. And then there are those who say that... Um, they have a right to end their own life, and they want that right to be enshrined in state law. Uh, we believe catering to the rights or the so-called rights of a few will endanger the options of, of care for the rest of us. So we're an active member of a group called the Minnesota Alliance for Ethical Health Care, and, and our listeners can find more about that at ethicalcaremn.org. Um, in addition to that, we're also uh, opposing the legalization of recreational marijuana, uh, opposing uh, talks about legalizing sports gambling. Um, and so those are the big picture issues uh, that we're is there, looking at. Moving is forward. there a growing, um, is there a, is it, do you find it to be a growing movement for the euthanasia thing for the state of Minnesota? No, it's something we're trying to be proactive <clears throat> about and stay ahead of. You know, it's a national organization that uh, is going around the country kind of shopping uh, for for opportunities to implement that policy, and uh, we don't want, uh, w- yeah, we want. We're trying to be proactive about that. Yeah, if you, I mean, I'm and just gonna to, to promote care uh, rather than than the death option. Yeah, if you don't mind, I'm just gonna like uh, exert an, an opinion that I've come to just recently on that whole issue because we see it happening in Europe that euthanasia. Yeah. Certain countries in Europe are really pushing the euthanasia thing, and and the the complete irony of these harsh lockdowns and uh, uh, procedures in regards to COVID, all in the name of protecting grandma, while at the same time having euthanasia laws being liberalized to kill grandma. Exactly. You know, it's, it just seems like a complete, oh utter yeah. contradiction. And so, on the one hand, you got people that want to have euthanasia, and many of the uh, times those are the same people that are really being restrictive on COVID to protect grandma. It's just, anyhow, that's a, that, that's my own two cents. Yeah, yeah it's just like you... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. Ryan, go ahead. 
Yeah, go ahead. Uh, take, I invite folks, again, to look into the Alliance for Ethical Health Care. It's an, it's an impressive uh, coalition uh, and, and a broad array of folks who are involved in that, and they can learn more about that issue. Yeah, we're so glad that you're doing this. I mean, we definitely need somebody that's in there with these issues because I know it's something that's on people's minds and in their prayers, but it's good that you're there acting out and helping um, kind of, you know, fight this. And I love that you're doing it before it becomes a problem because that's a big thing. Well, and and this speaks to the, you know, the essence of what we're here to talk about today. You know, our elected officials, they typically do what they're told, so to speak. Um, They pursue the changes that people that elected them, asked them to pursue. So uh, most legislatures aren't, or legislators aren't just cooking up ideas on their own. Uh, granted, each has their areas of personal expertise, but if you look at a typical legislator, they'll introduce or author maybe 30 to 40 bills. Now, they didn't come up with those 30 to 40 on their own. I mean, that was given to them by an interest group or a constituent. So, um, yeah. you know, so if we're not, if we're not present and, and not being proactive about things that are abhorrent to our beliefs, there are other sides and other interests that are, are going to show up and ask for things like uh, euthanasia and physician-assisted suicide. So that's why, as Catholics, we have to be present, too, and ask for what we want. And, again, we have such a, uh, a treasure and wealth of, of social teaching um, and, 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 and light and truth that we can, help, um, our, we can help our legislatures move from doing what's politically expedient at times or just listening to the loudest voice, to engaging in discernment. You know, it's our, it's our job to give the other side of many of these issues so that our elected officials can truly be in a place of this discernment. You know, that's the word our, I think our listeners will be familiar with and the concept of discernment. Uh, you have to have all the information and be grounded to make a discerning decision rather than an expedient decision. Ryan, do you primarily work with the legislative branch of government in the state? Do you ever work with the executive or judicial in any way? Uh, primarily with the legislative, correct. Okay. Yeah. Although, you know, we do, uh, our executive director is also our general counsel for the bishops, so uh, he covers the um, uh, anything dealing with uh, that would require like a, a legal ca- a court case or would deal with the judiciary. Great. What, what, you know, the last minute we have here, uh, um, uh, maybe speak a little bit more about getting people engaged. Where do they go to get engaged and how would you encourage it? Of course. So yeah, I'll invite our listeners to, to do three things. Um, make some time to dig into Catholic social doctrine. Um, so be, be grounded in our social doctrine so that we're thinking as Catholics first and not as these or ours or rural Amen. or uh, urban. Uh, so when, once we're grounded in our social teaching, um, pray for your state legislators and, and your local elected officials. Uh, pray for them. They're human beings, too, and they, and they have difficult jobs. You know, they've, they've taken on tremendous responsibility, again, to, to make decisions that affect the common good. And so pray for them that they, uh, their, their minds and hearts are open to a spirit of discernment over expediency. And finally, join the Catholic Advocacy Network. Um, and that, that's, that's the best way and the most direct way that folks who are listening to us right now can join in our effort. To share what, the light of the gospel in what's the halls that, what's of the that, Minnesota Capitol. What's that website, Ryan? That's mncatholic.org. mncatholic.org, and uh, more specifically, mncatholic.org uh, slash action center. You'll see it across the top there. Great. Thanks a lot. Um, uh, yeah. Ryan, thank, 
thank you for the work that you're doing. I mean, we need it. We obviously need it. We need to have a, we need to have the church and the Catholic Church have a voice. And uh, and so, thank you for the work that you're doing at the Minnesota well, Catholic yeah, Conference. Yeah, we, we do have we do have a voice, and uh, mm-hmm. our our biggest strength is our numbers. You know, and our and the wealth of of uh, light and truth that we have in our in our faith tradition. So absolutely. Uh, Yep. Um, it's not just the six of us, it's all of us in the state of Minnesota. So we look Amen. forward to meeting, seeing you guys. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, thank, prayers for you guys. Thank, thank you very you. much, Ryan. God bless. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Have Absolutely. Thank you, you, you too. too. Well, Cindy, that just about wraps oh. it up for us. Yes, it does. We do, uh, we do have one other quote-unquote guest, and that is our technical director to preview the next show, Therese. Thank you, Father. So on the next Real Presence Live, that'll be tomorrow from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Father Tim Smith will be coming to you live from Holy Cross Church in Ipswich. Deacon Thane Barnier from the Diocese of Sioux Falls will share about the importance of praying a public rosary. And it's the uni- and it's the anniversary of the Miracle of the Sun. Father Derek Weichman will be on to talk about this. All that and much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That'll be on Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back Thank to you. you. Oh. Thank you, Therese. Yeah, I forgot about that. Tomorrow is the uh, is the anniversary, 1917, of uh, the Miracle of the Sun in Fatima. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, any final thoughts? Cindy, this has been a pretty good show. I mean, we, ne- show, we right? never say it's a bad show. No, That's we had some really good guests, and yeah. they were kind of in different areas. And, and we, we, we never have had a bad show, really have good. we? Um, well. No. I don't think so. So what do you ta- what's your takeaway for today? What's your final takeaway of the show today, Cindy? <laughs> You're on the spot. I need to do more praying for more people. Uh, yeah, and just how many good things, how many good positive things are happening, even when in such what we feel darkness around us, right. that there's still this light and this hope. Yeah, yeah. And joy. Yeah, it's, it reminds me of uh, um, what President uh, George H.W. Bush said back in uh, however long time ago. Points of light. There's so many points of light, you know, and and uh, and we all have to be that point of light. And yeah, and, and our guests today, we obviously have that uh, situation where here at Real Presence Live and you know Real Presence Radio, we can focus on those points of light. We are in a, in very very dark times, but yet the faith continues. The faith is strong, and and uh, we get to see that in a very particular way, in a very local way, on each of our shows. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, so that that brings the end of uh, this segment of Real Presence Live, and uh, we'll just end with a closing prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this opportunity. We pray that these guests and that those listeners that have been hearing them may truly bring Christ out into their day-to-day life and be blessed in all that they've heard and to continue to be a point of Christ's light to the rest of the world. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence.